Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, sitting down with us, I have Coach Crager. I hope I said that right. I've been thinking this whole time, so I'm going to say it right. So, Coach, welcome. Um, for anybody that doesn't know who you are, could you please introduce yourself to the loyal fans of the podcast, this lonely podcast that I have? <laughs> well, good morning, loyal fans. And <laughs> Coach Steve, I hope I pronounced that right. I got that right. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, Tom Crager, coach up at uh, Division II school in Michigan, Northwood University. I'm a part-time guy now. My wife negotiated my contract so I could I get uh, more hourly pay than ever before. <laughs> but uh, I've been a high school head coach in a variety of different sports, from football to track and powerlifting, and been an assistant in other sports like wrestling. And over the course of my years, I tell everybody I was a I wasn't a Division three student athlete because I wasn't smart enough or talented enough. Um, but, uh, I ended up at a division one athlete as a, as a uh, co-captain and all conference player, just because of determination and, and time frame. Um, and then I coached a division two. So I have a gamut of experiences and I try to add value wherever I am. And that led me to our conversation of, uh, what high and tight is, you know, and I am a prior service Marine, so it is also my haircut, but it's more applicable to football right now. Uh, so, that brought us to this. Yeah, I I live that short hair life. It just I put a head on today. It's grown out. It's it's uh, you know, it was falling out a little bit. Probably I probably have some receding hairline going on. Might as well hide it up. Might as well, you know, gray's <laughs> more showing up now, and it's it's no fun. Yeah, you, you gotta own that stuff. You know, you are what you are, right? So I tell everybody I work on it almost every day, and I say. And then uh, if I don't, you know, I tell my, my boys, I have three boys that are 12, 9, and 10, or 12, 10, and 9, and, and they're like, Dad, how come you don't move as fast as everybody else? I'm like, I'm, I'm just beating his body. I'm just, my body's dying. They're like, no, it's not. I go, yes, it is. I go, you don't understand. You know, 25 years ago, I could move pretty good. You know, when you say it like that, they're like, 25 years, you know. <laughs> like, that's what happens. Time stands still for no man. Yeah, I joke. I just turned 30 back in November. And 
I know you're about to say what I, you're about to say. Oh, that's young. And people have told me that. And, but I don't feel like it. Like things are popping more. Things are cracking and eking. And, and a part of me is like, I think it's the sports injuries coming back. Like, cause back when we all played, you ignored that stuff. It was like, walk it off, rub some dirt on it. You know, that, that type of thing. Or like, you're fine. You know, like we didn't go to the doctor. We, we, we wrapped it up and we went and now I'm regretting that. Like my knee's hurting a little bit. My back's starting to go out. And so I tell the, now I've changed. Like when I first started coaching, I've been doing it 12 years. I started right when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like I'm coaching. Back then it was like that. Now I'm more like, oh, you had something hurt. If it's a real hurt, I tell them to go ask the trainer. Cause I'm like, don't end up like me where maybe one day I can't walk. I mean, I don't think it's that serious, but like my knees hurt, my back hurts and well, here's a little thing to think about, Steve, and, and just pull your pull your friends that you didn't play sports with, right? The people you went to high school that didn't get engaged in sports, didn't go to college and do that, and and ask them about their aches and pains, because that'll give you a perspective that you don't even realize. Like everybody, their bodies like are collapsing, right? But we think it's because of sports, and the reality is, all that sports do is give you a reason for that collapse. Because yeah, that's I've true. got I've got friends that didn't go to college. I mean, a ton of my friends never, you know, a majority of my friends never went to college, never played sports, don't play now. And then they're like, oh, this hurts, that hurts. And I'm like, well, I can tell you exactly where my calf hurts. I know exactly where my shoulder hurts, you know, because I'm still competing now. I mean, we play, we play basketball, you know, every day with a bunch of young kids and, you know, young versus old. And, and I'm not the oldest guy in the court at 49. And we're whipping on these kids and and we come back, we come out of there sore, but I'm no different than the guy that my buddies don't do anything. They're, they're just as sore, if not worse. And they're complaining. So, you know, uh, there's a difference between injured and hurt. I, I'll give you that. But that, that pain and threshold, uh, that's a beautiful thing to create. You know, you can push that threshold up there and, and push through and, and be persistent. I, I kind of wanted that in today's world with the whole, you know, uh, the pandemic element of, you know, could you have managed some of your sickness yourself or you have to go to the hospital because, you know, the hospitals are, you know, supposed to be for sick people. And then you get there and you're like, they discharge 99% of the people. And you're like, well, how many of those 99% could you have, you know, managed yourself, you know, but that's a whole different side. to it. That's a whole different discussion yeah. right there. Yeah. Cause I didn't get, we didn't go to the doctor like my parents yeah. and I did, I went to school. My dad told me, and maybe this is harsh to people, unless you're on your deathbed, like vomiting and you can't stop, mm-hmm. you're going to school. And so people don't want to hear that. But like, if I had the cold, but I could still get up and move, he's like, you're going. Take some medicine yeah. so you don't spread it or whatever and go. Yeah. And that's how it was. And I didn't afford to not go because if I was a starter, it could be taken away. Like if I didn't yeah. go to practice, it was going to be taken away. Somebody was going to step in. Yeah. Oh, this guy played better. You weren't here, so he played better. And people don't think of it that way anymore. It's like my spot, like sports-wise, like some kids yeah. are like, I'm going to play. I can miss a day of school. And that's just how it is. Like it's not talking well, about parents, but it's just different. But that's, that gets back to our, our off-mic off conversation about parents' expectations and parents' and parents' attention to detail of like what they're trying to create. You know, mm-hmm. you want to create someone who that can push through and be persistent and, and persevere. Or do you want to give somebody who's like, no, because our kids are call us. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, all right, you're not going to fly football tonight. Are you not doing this? Well, I'm okay. I'm like, exactly. You are. Okay. 
stop being that way because if you come home, I'm going to put you to work or I'm going to put you to bed, period. Well, I don't want to, I go, then you're making a choice, aren't you? You're not as bad as you think you are. So. Yeah, because like we all did, there's probably times in even middle school or high school, I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. I just don't want to do school. But then it's yeah. like, but you have football practice, you have basketball practice. But it's like, oh, I, I can go to that. No, if you the school rule, school's rule, you don't come to school, you don't go to practice. Yeah. And then you find out real quick, like, oh, I can push through seven hours of school and and go to practice and then just come and go to bed. Like, I can figure it out. And it's funny, right, when you do that, um, it's, it's reinforcement in this whole world of, like, reinforcement. Like, I talked to someone before, like, people don't want to hear this. Sports is reinforcement of school. They go to school, they do get good grades. The reinforcement is they can go to practice, they can go do this. Uh, a reinforcement is, as sadly to say, video games. But like, if you don't let them play video games till they get this done, reinforcement is you get to do this. So they associate positivity with it instead of oh. negative. And that's well, just I, kind of where we are. And I'm shocked at how many parents will say to, you know, like, will say to me, like, well, my kid won't get off the machine. I'm going, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't know what it's like in your house because you can have your own standards, but you know, we created this thing in our home. It's like every 10 minutes you get 10 pushups, you know, now do we hold to it a hundred percent? No, but the expectation is like, if you're going to be sedentary, you're also going to be mobile. You're going to be, you know, creating some habits that are good. So you're going to do a workout, you know, and our kids don't, our kids don't balk at it because they know it's, I'll rip the thing out of the wall and throw it away from, <laughs> you know, because it's my responsibility to create, good upstanding human beings right i don't i don't care if they can play video games you know that's not my priority you know i don't care if they can spend all the time it's like it's just like when we were going back in the day and we just go out and hang out with our friends mm-hmm. well you got to do your work first before you go hang out with your friends like that i don't know where that got lost in the whole generational change but it's good to create a work ethic it's good to have responsibility it's good to accomplish those you know these kids we've had i think the, the national average is on you know depression and suicide for youth is at its all-time high and that's what they're going well that's kind of a link to the whole value and worth element right like because when you worked hard at practice yeah, it was hard but you you had some value there you you felt like you were worth something because of all you pain and suffering you endured well, if we don't ever do that now then it's easy for a kid to go like well i, I don't matter you know no one would miss me if i wasn't here I'm like there's there's some real conversations there that you, we need to address you know um I told you I jumped down a rabbit hole and I apologize, but it's the suicide thing scares me to death because it's the social aspect of stuck in this room. Mm-hmm. Now, not to be funny, this is no meaning to be funny, but like the, I play video games too. So people roll their eyes at me, but like I'm old now, like I'm an adult. So if I want to sit down and play Madden for a half hour, I'm going to sit down and do it. It's my escape for a half hour to sit there and do nothing. And people can roll their eyes and that's fine. But I don't sit there and play video games hours upon hours like these kids. So there's a couple of things. We've been told kids sit in front of this remote learning screen for seven hours and they go play video games for four hours. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But then you're starting to see the kids are getting tired of video games now because they're stuck inside all day. And that's all they've done since March. So now I am hoping and seeing that you're seeing kids. I'm seeing more kids ride their bikes than ever before. Yeah. Than a couple of years. So I'm so... I've been reading books again. One of them said, find small positives. This pandemic is awful, but a small positive when we get to the other side of it, which we are, we're going to get to the other side of this. I think a positive might be maybe kids go outside more because they're like, remember when we had to play video games for six months straight and like we had to sit inside 
let maybe they want to go outside now because when we were all kids, we didn't have all that. It was go ride your bike, the park and shoot hoops, yeah. you know, go hang out your friend's house in the backyard, go play wiffle ball, you know, go do whatever. So mm. I'm kind of hoping that's what's going to happen when it's all, all said and done. Like they don't want to sit inside anymore. That's going to yeah. go back to going outside. It's kind of what I hope. Yeah. And then our neighborhood sees the same thing, you know, uh, you know, when we talked about off, off camera, how the, the pandemic didn't affect our family, you know, it affected our friends because they couldn't spend time with our family, you know, and, and we've never really like, like we'll, we'll respect everybody else in terms of social distancing. But if you want to come to our house and engage with us because you need some, you know, some friends and some loved ones, I mean, come on over, you know, um, I think uh, I go to our church, is, is, you know, virtual like everybody else's and our pastor yesterday had a great conversation great topic he says we have so much emphasis placed on the pandemic and the concern and fear of it that we're missing the greater thing which is where you're going to spend eternity he said there's a bigger issue here and if you have your eternity taken care of then your short-term issues won't be as won't be as great and i was like that's a hundred percent dead on you know we're I, I hate the term now you know stay safe i hate that i really do because we're not called in anything that we do in any sport to play safe, to play it safe. You know, we're, we're called to put it out there. You know, you're one of the most sacrificing people on the field, Steve. You know, you're a lineman. You're going to coach Steve. Like, you're teaching your kids to, to put it out there and, and to basically trade for your, your fellow teammate. Well, that's contradictory to this whole mindset of, well, just, hey, just take care of yourself. Be safe. And it, it's just not how we're designed. It's not why we're created. You know, that whole fear element is not part of why we have purpose in life. And sport isn't about that. You know, sport's about being courageous and stepping out there and, and taking chances and, and making great plays, you know, and, and failing and get your, picking have somebody picking you back up. So, I don't know. I, I just, I wish we would just go more that courageous side and then everybody go like, oh, I guess, you know, I guess 99.6% and then not to, not to belittle the, the point four that have lost their lives, but the reality is none of us know the last day, you know? So when the people say, well, COVID is doing this, COVID is doing that, I go, you know, there's, there's, there's a divine creator that's, that's choosing how, to, how our bodies work, you know? And doctors are instruments and tools, but they're not the deciding factor otherwise. Otherwise, we'd live forever because they could, well, science, science is real. Science is this. I mean, science... Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7. So it's a podcast radio type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please just support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the, please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support.
Hey guys, are you looking for something to help you get through your daily life? Are you looking for something to help you get through that extra push in the gym? Are you looking for something to just kind of help make your life a little bit easier? Are you somebody that maybe does want to go to the gym or, you know, needs extra push during the day and don't know where to go or where to look? Well, then you need to click the link in the description and go to Redcon One. Redcon One is the fastest growing supplement company in the business. Last year, they were voted best supplements at the Vitamin Shop and with many other awards. And they're not just for bodybuilders and powerlifters. They are made for everybody. They have everything. You are a person that, you know, needs pre-workout with caffeine, they have it. You need pre-workout that doesn't have caffeine to get that extra pump, they have it. They have little shots of energy stuff. They have meal bar replacements. They have the MRE uh, powder that you can make smoothies with. They have your whey proteins. They have fat burners that you can take in the morning. They have pills. They have everything that you can need. Great workout apparel. They have workouts on there. Everything you need. It's to have you be at the highest state of readiness. It's not just for the gym goers. It's for everybody looking to dominate in life. So please, what I need you to do is click on the link in the description. And when you use the code T20, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-K-U at checkout, you will get a 20% off. Now, they always have deals going on. So you click on the link and you see a 40% off or a buy one, get one free with a different code. That's still fine. If you still use the link to go to Redcon 1, all you have to do is put my name in the referral box, S-T-E-P-H-E-N space K-U-C-H-E-F-S-K-I at checkout to help support the show. So let's go get the high state of readiness and let's get ready to conquer this day. has a maker let's acknowledge that (laughs) right and us as coaches we what we preach we hope to see in life and right now we don't see it we're not seeing you just made up a good point you made a lot of good points but one was like when we coach we hope that what we teach on the not just x's and o's like they're not gonna remember Mm -hmm. power like you ran power like that's not gonna matter it's 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 all the other stuff that we want to see translate into the classroom and when they go get a job and when they go to the army, when they, whatever it is, I don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And right now you're not seeing it. And that's, that's why it kills us as coaches. Cause like it's a decline now. So people here, I know in Illinois, there were people in Illinois that were so happy that we weren't having sports. They were like, why would it, why would somebody risk their kids' lives and this, this, and that. And I got mad about it. I've had conversations. I go, well, Steve, these are the people that didn't play sports. These are the people that uh, don't understand what it means to be a part of a team and work and then translate that into life. They don't understand it. So if they don't understand it now, they're never going to. So quit worrying about it. Let's worry about what we're doing. And I said, you got it. I just, I'm so frustrated. And then you see people say, well, you're, you want sports back because you're a coach and it's selfish. You're not thinking about this. And I'm like, I am thinking about this. It kills me that I'm seeing these kids fail school. It kills me to see kids, you know, lose their friends because they're the depression's kicking in. I, it kills me to see that we and we can't help. It's not like I can just go to their house and say, let's let's talk about it. Like here in Illinois, especially, no, that's a big no no. Like you can't be going doing that because back to the political, our governor, whatever, kick rocks, yeah. our governor. And so it kills us. And people think we're being selfish as coaches. I'm like, no, I'm an adult and I can figure out how to handle this. That 15-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid is is a little different. Mm-hmm. Like my brain was hopefully developed by the age of 25. I mean, I think I still think I'm immature, but like I can figure this out. Like I can have coping mechanisms to, like 
this podcast, for example, this is free therapy. This is a way yeah. I can handle it. Talking to football coaches, bas- I coach basketball, talking to them, like I can figure this out. That kid cannot, and we yeah. can't fix it on the field right now. I don't know how to, it's hard to fix it. And Zoom can only go so far. Yeah. And, you're saying that their support systems are, are, are non-existent right now is what you're saying. Right. Because like it's, sports it's not a lot of them too. Right. It's Zoom is great. That's great. But it only goes so far. Mm-hmm. It can only be like when I was OC in Charleston, we had a field house and it was two locker rooms, freshman, sophomore side varsity. I didn't work in the building. I was going to school and I worked third shift. So I'd get there like two o'clock and I'd watch film. I'd just go in the office by myself and watch film. I kept the door open because seniors would come in at two 30 open door policy. I said, when I'm there, when coach Steve mm-hmm. is there, that door is open. And we had this coach's couch. And I said, between two 30 and three 30, that's the therapy couch. Mm-hmm. What would happen? This kid would come in and knock on the open door. Coach Steve, can I talk to you? And there's the dog, everybody. She's awake. And we would just have these conversations. I'm like, I don't have that anymore. Like yeah. I'm at a different school, but that's not there anymore. Like I loved having the open door policy. So I always told myself, if I become a head coach one day, I will always have that. That door is open for a reason for you to come walking in. Oh, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we talked about, you know, off camera about, uh, you know, our success in, at Northwood all those years. And, you know, those, those games and those schemes were all decided because of those times between 8 a.m. And, and 1 p.m. when the kids are coming to your office and you you got 10 million things to do and they're like, hey, coach, got a minute? Absolutely, I do, you know. And I cannot recall one kid that ever got turned away, but I can recall hundreds of conversations, you know, that, and that's where you, that's where it just decided, you know, they don't, it's the old adage when you, one of the best th- things I ever learned in the teacher education program was they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that because I, I was terrible at names when I was in college, you know, cause you, you know, you, you got athletics, you got work, you got all this, you know, your school. And I, I didn't know hardly anybody's name. You know, I, I know who they were facial. My first classroom I stepped in, there was, I had, th- I had 135 kids uh, in, in six sessions, five, five segments. And the day two, I knew everybody's name. And they're looking at me, how do you know that coach? I'm like, it's important. Like you're important. You know, if you're not important, then why are we even doing this? Right. You know, sports are much bigger. School is much bigger than just the allocation of time. You know, it's all about relationships. That's why we, that's why we do what we do. That's why we spend time and create new, new friendships, you know, meeting you for the first time, coach Steve, you know, it's like, like, that's what it's all about. And my, my family gets mad at me because we'll go places. And, you know, I tell them, I said, learn three things. Like, what do you mean learn three things? learn three things about everybody you meet. It might just be their name. It might be where they're from. It might be what their interest is. But eventually, if you get really good at three things, you'll you'll find out there's a connection somewhere, you know? And then, you know, like when you and I can start talking and then suddenly it's Coach Stone, it's the connection point. Or, you know, that, you know, you're in Naperville and we start talking about, you know, Warren, you know, uh, Wheatonville is right close to you and it's, it's farm country or, or Champaign where your home, where your home is, you know, where you went, grew up from. And that's my buddy was a coach there, you know? Morning, son. I got my my oldest son is out. Yeah, he just woke up, which is not normal. Yeah, he's usually we're usually got his workout in by now. He's recovering from an ACL and a meniscus tear. Yeah, that's been good for pandemic. You know, your small wins. Um, he's a very active, athletic kid who uh, can't play, and so now he's recovering, which is pretty darn good. 
So. Yeah, there's a small positive. Not the injury, yes. but like if you're going to recover, don't miss a lot. If you're recovering, yeah. like, there's nothing you can miss. That's good. Um, nice. Come back stronger. Like I know people that had injuries from last. That was the only good thing. If we could have football in the spring, people that were going to miss yeah. that time. Uh, and you talked about. I'll, I'll quickly move on after this. I talked to um, Coach McPherson, who has the YouTube channel and all that stuff mm-hmm. in Florida. I had him on the podcast last week. And it was funny because we're talking, talking, talking. And then finally I said, yeah, here in Naperville. And he goes, wait, wait, Naperville? I said, yeah. He goes, I know people from Naperville. And he's in Florida. Yeah. He goes, I know Naperville. So, And then all of a sudden it was talking about Chicago. And then all of a sudden it was talking about this. And you're fun- it's just it's a small world when somebody you don't think knows where, where you live at or this. It just turns into that. Like yeah. it's a small world or like because I've talked to coaches. I don't think they know anything about the school I'm at. And all of a sudden they might be like, oh. And even in Illinois, uh Glenbard East. The only reason why I even got talked to to coach there, the head coach brought me in. We were talking. He goes, I'm just going to tell you right now, back in the 80s, I coached at Charleston High School where you coached. I just want you to know that. That's awesome. And that's kind of what stuck out to him was, oh, you coach at Charleston. So that's why, that's one of the big reasons why he brought me in was he knew where I was coming from. Let's just put it this way. I left. It was I ran my course there at Charleston. That's a nice way to put it. It was just time to go and move on. So he's kind of like, I know where you coach from. I understand what was happening. So let's bring you in. And because I wasn't going to coach anymore. It was that bad. I decided never to coach again. Oh, wow. But then up here in the suburbs, a lot of the fields are by the main roads. So you drive by and you start doing this. You're starting to itch. You're like, well, there's football. There's there's sports. And he brought me in and showed me how to coach, brought it back. And so it was a blessing. So it was just like, just because I coached at this one school, he knew it, brought me in, said, you're going to coach again, brought me in. They called me the good luck charm because the school since 1999. I walked in in 2018 and we went 10 and one. Nice. <laughs> and it wasn't wow. because of me. I didn't do nothing, but they make yeah. fun of me. They're like, you're the good luck charm. And then I went to East Aurora. The school had made the playoffs since 1982 or 88, I think. Now we went four and five. We didn't make the playoffs, but that was the best record since 2000. Wow. So they said that too. They were like, yeah, you might be the good luck charm. And I was like, if I don't call plays, I think I'm okay. I think that's the issue was if I'm not the offensive coordinator, <laughs> I think we're okay. And so that's why Addison brought me in too. He's like, I, t- I joked about that with him because I think it's a joke. And he goes, oh, you're definitely coming over now. Like now that you've brought it up, now you're here. Nice. And then COVID hit. So I was like, I'm not a good luck charm anymore. I've switched. And then this happens. Like it's not, it's not a good thing. Yeah. It's funny you had Coach Mack on him, and I've uh, done work together too. He's a great guy. We Loves. talked a lot of non-football topics at the beginning because he was like, "I X and O every day." We'll just talk about. I said we can talk about any. That's why this podcast was originally the sideline podcast. Oh, oh sorry. No, no, no my no my my son's turning TV on. I'm like, it's going to be loud, and like you need to be aware of your certain situation. So, so sideline podcast meaning after a game yeah my my i in february when i started this i was like i want to come up with a name that relates to coaches or something so i wanted to call it like i was like where, where are we always at and i was like oh i'll call it the sidelines because we're on the sidelines but like there was other podcasts out there with that name so it had mm-hmm. to be called the sideline podcast with coach steve like that had to be the full thing mm. and i kept it that way and then in the summer and going into the fall, I realized I cornered myself to only be about football, which is great. I love football, but I coach basketball. I coach track. 
So if a guy comes on here and talks about track and speed development, people may not listen to it because it's not football because, oh, this theme of this podcast is football. Look at the background. It was a football field. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, there's more to football coaches than just football. So it was like one of my friends growing up, childhood friends, he worked for minor league baseball. He worked for the minor league Chicago Cubs team in South Bend, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So he does that, but he loves entertainment. He loves movies. He loves this. He's a real movie critic. And I'm like, well, I like movies. I would love for him to come on and talk movies. But Steve, that's not football. It doesn't go with what you're doing. So I made it the Coach Steve show. So I said it could be about anything now. Because I and talking to Coach Mac, we he agreed. He was like, people don't know. I love golf. I love yeah. music. I love Metallica. Like he wanted his intro on my podcast to be Metallica. And so we should start talking about things other than football. And I think it's good for people to know we're not just coaches. We're not just this. We are human beings. We have other things. Yeah. So that's kind of where the podcast has turned to. Like I'll talk X and O's. I'll talk this. I'll talk philosophy all day. But I also want to find out like we're human beings. We have other things going on. You talked about your kids. You have your kids' lives. You have how you raise them. You have this. You have this. He had music and golf. That's kind of what it was. And wrestling. He loves WWE, I found out. And I'm like, you never would know that watching his youtube channel you gotta look at his picture though his bio picture this is crazy hair mullet i mean he looks like uh randy macho man savage <laughs> it's his college years are were rough you know <laughs> so and i and i would have looked the same except i had a head coach that you know as i told you i walked into the office you know so everybody actually like are you walk on like well i was actually more a walk in they didn't want me so i walked in the office introduced myself head coach in july and then you know, six years later, I end up as one of his captains. But, you know, one of the first things he he said to me after a week of practice was he comes to me and goes, hey, are you that uh, Kruger kid? You know, hence that we talked about the whole, if you play well enough, they get to learn, you know your name. Right. So he had, he had forgotten my conversation with him in July, me being in his office. But he goes, hey, you know, uh, been hearing some good things about you and, and uh, watching you make some plays. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep working hard. You've been doing a really good job. And he says, uh, and lose the hair. So I immediately cut my hair and so no more mullet. Otherwise I'd look as bad as coach as, as coach Mac did. <laughs> yeah. We weren't allowed to have long hair or, or facial hair in football at my <laughs> high school. And so I think that's why I have a beard now because it was rebellion time. Like when yeah. you left, you were like, I'm going to grow. I didn't want to grow my hair out. I just kept it short. I just, it's just what it is. But the beard, like every so often I grow the beard out and I was like, this is defiant now. Uh, his my head coach, coach Denhart's his name. Every time I, if I ever talked to him, I'm like, I have a beard now, just so you know, because you wouldn't let me have it. Yeah, you're a grown man now. You can you can grow a beard. You can play Madden as much as you want. I mean, except now, I have to embrace this now. I think it was like four years ago, three years ago. No, I was at Charleston still. One of my track kids, my last year there, my one of my track kids was like, Coach Steve, what's that? And I said, What do you mean? He goes, Is that a white hair coming in your beard? And I said, What are you talking about? And I went and looked, and there's white hairs coming mm. in now. And I'm like, no, no, no. So I shaved it off. I was like, I can't have it. Shaved it off. And then at Glombard East, we went 9-0 and in the regular season. So I'm very superstitious. So when we were 4-0, 5-0, I had a beard going. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to keep it now because superstition. Football coaches yeah. are very superstitious. So I've had it ever since. I'm like, well, there's white hair. Screw it. It's got to happen. It's part of life. I have receding hairline. I'm like, whatever. It's it's fine. Control as you can control. Control you control. And then now if people make fun of the white hairs, that's where I have a problem. Like, just ignore it. We all know there's a 
you can't really yeah. see them, but the some that the kids will. It's always the kids. It's never adults. It's never friends. It's the kids to poke fun at me. Like Coach Steve, is that a white hair or gray hair? I'm like, oh, you. It's wisdom. I like Fine, to tell yes. them that. Yeah. Well, I told him I'm going to name this after you. This is this is Tony. This is what you caused. Yeah. To the kids. Like, you caused this. You caused that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Yeah. And me and my friend Joe, basketball causes hair to fall out. For some reason, football causes gray hairs. Yeah. Is kind of what happened. Because he coaches yeah. football and basketball, and that happened to him. Oh. And I yeah. and because basketball, you're coaching nonstop. During the game, you're nonstop coaching, nonstop yelling what to do. Football, you kind of call play and then you're talking to people how to adjust. Basketball, you're it's nonstop. And I think that's why I like basketball too. I like going from football where you're on the sideline, you're coaching, but it's not as strategic all the time. It's not whatever. Then I go straight into basketball and I'm like playing defense with them on the sideline. I'm like, I have to do this and that. And then then after that's over, then you're kind of like, I need a vacation. I need to just sit back and just run. You just go to coach track and just watch him run. Just be like, there he goes. I did coach track. That was the throwers. And then I had to help out with sprinters, and I was so naive to track. I kind of said, how hard is it to coach track? Hey, go out there and run. Oh, I learned very quickly. There's way more to track than that. So I'm very blessed oh, for it. Yeah. I a lot. But at the time, I was like, Steve, go help the sprinters and the throwers. So I tell him to go throw, and I go to the sprinters. I'm like, well, how, can it, how hard is this? Guys, sprint faster. Run faster. Let's go run the bleachers. No more science to that. Yeah. I was like, Cause I'm thinking football, like how do we get faster? Well, you do fast practices, you know, from this to that. And then, so I go into track. I'm like, today we're going to run a ton of hundreds and two hundreds and three hundreds. Then we're going to do it again. Then we're going to do it again. Uh, no, there's way more to it than just gotta have volume. Got to have ODIs, UDIs. Oh yeah. Well, like I was an OC at 24, 25. And so I'm very naive. I don't know any better and coaching track. I don't know any better. And, we're just going to run gassers all day, guys. I'll get you faster. Like old school. Like I didn't know yeah. any better. Um, it's funny you say that. Yeah, that's the, when I took over the high school program that, that uh, I came out of college, you know, they, they had had hall of fame coaches there, but then they were on rough times. And, and then, so they're like, well, we're going to, I'm going to sprint around today. I'm like, what do you mean sprints? Like we don't, we don't have sprints. We don't run sprints. I go, like, our tempo will be faster than you've ever done before. You won't need to run sprints if you run our tempo. And then after the first couple of days of practice, they're like, 
okay, coach, we get it now. <laughs> you know, like if you're getting, you know, three plays a minute, then you're flying. And they're like, no, coach, we can't do that. I'm like, yep. You know, and I, and so you just, you just trust the process, right? You just keep going. And so my, my second, my, my second year, we uh, first, they had won like three games in, in three years. And then we went five and four. And then second year we're at five and four. But one of the games was this team's really good. They, they ended up as a top four in the state. And we had them, we should have beaten them. I say should have, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we are third and goal at the three yard line with 20 seconds to go. And they're, they're better than us, right? They were spread out everything. I, my best quarter, my best player is my quarterback. And so, you know, they're spread out. There's, we got time for one play really. And then if we throw it, we can get the field goal on all that. Right. And win it. I'm like, we're going to win it. So we spread them out, empty the box. And I call quarterback quarterback trap and our lineman falls down and our quarterback is tackled on the three. And so 20 seconds running clock, you're like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. But every day at practice, you set this, this tempo and, and expectation up. So we would do 12 second um, field goal every, every day at practice and get the countdown every day at practice. And s- as soon as that kid hit the ground, we we're howling field goal and everybody's running on and running off. And so within 20 seconds, we ran a play, got set, got, got back to the line of scrimmage and got a field goal off. And now we hit, we were wide right by a foot, but we had the opportunity and got it off. We should have won the game, got beat 13 to 12 or something like that. And afterwards, the previous head coach was a hall of famer. He goes, Tom, he goes, that was a great game. He goes, what you just did there, we could have never done in the 30 years I coached. And I said, well, that's just a testimony to those kids and the commitment to you know, the expectations you place for them, you know? So, so I, I get it. You know, like the idea of that, that's why when you said, you know, I want to, you know, I, I want to play mad. I want to do this. I'm grown mad. I can do this. And I'm like, I always tell the kids like, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. Just because we can slow the pace down. Doesn't mean we should. Just because we can play mad all day. Doesn't mean we should. So. Yeah. That's why I give myself 30 minutes. If it's not every day, I haven't turned my Xbox on in like three months. Well, why? Because I've chosen to work on this podcast. I've chosen okay. to do this. There you go. I think it was the pandemic gave me an excuse to play it. Mm-hmm. But again, I thought we were only be in this for like a month. I was like, ah, you know, this is my vacation. Like, it happened right before spring break. And the next thing we know, it's December. And we're still here. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe me saying I'm a grown man, I can do this isn't the right way to put it. But a part of me was like, I am a grown man. Like, nobody's going to tell me. I'm like, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I haven't turned it on in months because uh I chose to work on this. I chose to you're read books. About priorities. Yeah, well then I chose to read, I chose to read books again. Like I got a bunch. I had a football overload last before last year. I tried to research too much football and I got overdosed. I was like, I have too much going on in my brain. I need to stop. So all these coaching books I had, I just put them away. I was like, I'll come back to it later. Pandemic hit. I should have been reading them, but I didn't. We chose to watch Netflix. We chose to do this, go walk outside more, and then Xbox. And then I was like, you know what? I want to read more. So I read these motivational books. I have a book on Kobe Bryant right now. He's my favorite player. I'm reading that. Mm. Or like, uh, you know, all that stuff. So like, I just read a book on Coach Wooden or uh, 
you know, cooked wood and mm-hmm. all that. So I chose to do that instead. So like, it's funny. I have the Xbox there. It's there if I want it, but it's like, I'm reading books and people are like, you're reading books. Do they have pictures? Do they have pictures yeah. in them? And I'm like, some do. Don't worry. There's some. Hmm. Don't worry about it. But you played football in high school and, and this and that. You don't read books. I was like, you're right. But yeah. I can't read fictional books. My imagination's not all there. It has to be real. A value position like that. It has to be. Oh, yeah, it has to be like Kobe Bryant. I'm reading that. I, I, it's real. I know what's going on. Um, what's another one? That extreme ownership book. I love it. I've read it two or three oh, times. Oh, Jocko, that's a good one. I have Man. another one coming. There's another one that they wrote. I'm getting to come in. I love yeah. Coach Saban. Nick Saban's one of my favorite coaches. I have four or five books on him, and I read them. And you know, there's things in there that you didn't know about, and you read that. Uh, Michael I want Jordan. somebody. I want somebody to do a book on Nick Saban's the early years compared to the later years. Oh, if there's, because what's the one? The making of a coach. That's the one that talks about his whole life up until like so much time in Alabama, and when he won. Oh, really? Yeah, and I can't remember if it was the first Alabama championship or the LSU one. He, they won. You know, Confetti's coming down. He does mm-hmm. his half hour talk. And in there, it says, coaches, meet me in the office in like 10 minutes. So they go in there. You know, they're getting their adult beverages out because they just won the championship. They want to go do this. He hands them all folders and says, you're going here. You're going here. You have to go talk to so-and-so. And And they go, coach, we just won the championship. What are you doing? He goes, we lost three weeks of recruiting or whatever because we had to play the national championship. We're way behind. We have to get to work. And they're like, he didn't smile. He didn't do this. And we were out recruiting. The next that night, the next day, they were recruiting and they were game planning. He goes, We have to play this team first in August or September. Like we have to get ready. Mm-hmm. And he was just boom, boom, boom. And then compared to now, he's laughing more. He's smiling. Like when they won the SEC championship, like he was smiling up there. Like he was this, he's that. He's dancing with the team in the locker room. Like you don't that yeah. wasn't in this book from his LSU no. days. It's funny you mentioned LSU because I have a friend that was on staff with at LSU, and when he got when he when he got hired, he said, "You're going to work 50 out of 52 Saturdays," and he's like, "What?" So he literally worked 50 weeks straight, and he goes in the whole story is about you know him chewing people out. He said, "I was there. I wasn't even there a week," and he made this trainer girl cry because she did something wrong. During a team period, you that know, Coach like, Saban that did that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is real. Like, you know, like his intense and his his attention to detail and his desire for vision and you know, which we all know that the, the part that I struggle with is like, okay, is that the reason he's good, or is the reason he's good is because he has a very systematic approach to how he attacks every single thing of the football development. Getting on a, getting on a trainer does not make you win games, you know? And so you see these guys who get obsessive and it's like, you know, don't take everything from this, take the right things from it because he, you know, he doesn't do it perfectly. Otherwise he'd still be in the NFL. You know? Well, he calls it the, he calls it the process. If anything goes outside the process, he flips out. Yeah. So that, that's actually a good point of if the trainer doesn't do what he thinks the process should be done, he's going to flip. And it's not about winning games. It's about the process. And he'll tell you if they lose a national championship, and, but he goes, if we stuck to our process and we still lost the game, 
and then we adjust tweak the process like what did not go right we just tweak it that's the way he thinks yeah um but like there was a video just recently it showed him at practice or like i think it might have been last year because they weren't in masks but it might have been last year he's walking around and he goes someone gave me the wrong size shoes my feet are killing me whoever gave me these shoes about to get fired because this this and this now i think he was kind of joking but he says it so seriously and then someone gives him a Gatorade. He goes, I asked for a water. What what kind of thing are we running here? And this is not, he's all over the place. And then he had hip surgery, you know, so he's going to his, his wide receivers. He goes, I just got this hip replacement, so I'm ready to go. If you want to go one-on-one, we'll go. And he, like, stands in front of him, and he's, like, ready to go. I'm like, he's fiery. Like, he's yeah, 69 years old or whatever, and he's fiery. He's all go all the time. Well, now you're talking about you know, some of the guys, like Frank Solich. That's who I think of when you start about fiery. You know, that guy still yeah. – He's 70, what, and he runs with his team, works out with his team. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's you know, and it gets back to that, like, that process. I tell the kids, I go, that the confidence that a guy like that has, you know, confidence comes from experience. Experience comes from repetition. Repetition comes from habit. And habit comes from character. And character comes from you. you know, like, if, if you just trust that, you know, these people that are big talkers, I'm like, that's not, you don't get confidence from talking about stuff. You get confidence from experiencing stuff going through it and i said that's it we'll break it down for kids and get them to understand then that they'll they'll truly embrace that process you know and that when coach Saban said the you know the other day he said it, when your best players on your team are your best people on your team you know that's the part i read that is those people get it like they're the best people because they get the process they get that they should be treating their teammates properly they get that they should be on time for meetings they should all those things and they can be successful, and not to mention they're probably the most elite elements athletes in the in the world. So that helps. <laughs> right. Someone told me they heard they're thinking about reducing the scholarship numbers to try to make it even, so Alabama doesn't get all the recruits. And I'm like, oh, don't be changing the game field because. Yeah. But this is what I told them. Just because he gets those recruits doesn't mean they play the first year. You see, some of them don't come in until their third year. Well, but but that's that's the mindset of this world right now. Like. That's what this. That's this whole like we were talking about, like the leadership in the pandemic and all this, like protecting and trying to trying to provide for everybody equality. That's not what. That's not how we're successful in this world. You don't you don't say just because they're better than you that we gotta we gotta adapt the situation so that way, you know, I can be as good as them. You know, that's wrong. Yeah, the leadership that we have nowadays wouldn't. You know, we talk about this. Like, the leadership we have nowadays isn't run like a football team, isn't run like a coach, isn't run, and as a result, this leadership never would have put people in harm's way to go overseas and fight and fight the, the elements of World War One and World War Two. Never would have done that. They'd be like, well, we can talk it out. No, it's, at some point, you have to be able to put yourself in harm's way and, and be willing to sacrifice for what you believe in. You know? Otherwise, said, it wouldn't be the America we are. Yeah, I, during this pandemic and I'll criticize our governor more because I don't care. I said, if we had a football coach in charge or any type oh. of math or something like that, we would have been golden. We would have been good to go, I think. Oh, they, were, they may not have been good with politics. You hire people to help you with that side of it, but the leadership part of leading a state, they would have been perfect for it. Oh, I feel so bad. You know, being in Michigan, our governor is so you know, outside of her skill set and overhead. You know, she did. She got her campaign was uh, let's fix the damn roads. 
and then she gets in like an office on that on that platform and now it's like okay so you're gonna fix the roads which you haven't done but you can't even begin to comprehend how to handle this and so you're doing all these things you think you're saving lives when the reality is you're you're crushing your economy and you're killing your families you know you don't even see that part but yeah. Well, because and then the, the big thing is leadership. And the big thing is working with others. Our governor does not listen to anybody other than what he wants to listen to. Yeah. So if someone comes to him and says, not to argue with him, just to say, hey, let's talk this out. Let's look at this. Let's look at that. He won't listen. And I said, a football coach would not have done that. They would have said, okay, let's go in the office and talk about it and let's, let's get through it. So you would have had leadership. You would have had working together. You would have had team. Not in politics. That's not how it works. It's my way or your way. That's the big thing I hate about politics. You're wrong, and I'm right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. There's yeah. no in between. Don't even get me on politics. That's not that's yeah, that's, that's that's like ninety percent of the problem in our world right now. You know, you got somebody who's now our president and never you know been a public servant all his life, right? Come up from real, you know, basic means is what they say. Uh, never made over two hundred thousand dollars a year in income, but yet he's worth over two billion dollars. I mean, I'm I'm a simple math guy. How does that work? You know. <laughs> Well, that's so, a lot of these, a lot of these politicians are like that. Like your your pay should only be like what one hundred twenty thousand, but then you look at it like, well, then how did you make a million dollars? How did you make five yeah. million? Like, it's every politician everywhere. I'm like, how did yep. this somewhere between the eighteen hundreds and now they got too much power and too much money, and it just we allowed it to happen somehow. Oh. Yeah, the government was. I mean, our forefathers, as as many bad things we have in our country, you know, in terms of foundational elements and issues of our history, we also got the, the wisdom that said back then that there's big issues and this government is set up for the people, not, you know, by the people, for the people, not so that the, so we can serve the government. And now we're switching it. And this is the problem where, you know, we're creating, you know, we want our people to serve the government and that's not the vision of freedom. They so, work for us. As opposed yeah, to. We voted them in. They're supposed to work for us. Supposed to. And somewhere uh, along the way, last thing about politics, and then I can get you off of here. I know you got things to do. Uh, the government was supposed to have all this power to 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 close things. People talk about it all the time, like the government no. was not supposed to have the power to say you can't open up your small business, no. you can't do this. But now that they have it, now that we have, a, now that it's happened, it's gonna be here. If they don't like, see, here's what I fear, especially in Illinois. If mm -hmm. they don't like something, they're going to tell you to close it. If they don't like it, they're going to close it. And that's my greatest fear right now. Well, that's that's the idea that, you know, you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So if you keep doing this long enough, you know, you're never going to get a different result. Um, and that kind of, when you talk about coaching and, and growth and change and, and improvement, you know, coaches are driven by improvement. Our society is not driven by improvement. Our, our society is driven by uh, status quo. Like, let's get everybody to just you know, have equality. And just, like, that's not that's not what entrepreneurialism is. That's not what you know freedom is. It's about being able to take it to the light, the level you want to. 
you know, that's how come I got, we're in this conversation because I created tie and tight, which is a, you know, a football that helps teams change the way they, they do ball security, you know, because for, you know, literally decades, you know, we've always just said high and tight and we've always just said, you know, this is how you train. And, and so we never actually did anything differently until now. You know, so we got to have change. Well, Coach Stone was like, hey, he's a good guy. You should get him on the podcast. And that's I was like, okay. And then the next thing I know, he's giving me a list of people. Like, this is a good guy. This is a good guy. This is a good guy. And, you know, uh, not even just say that you create high and tight. He didn't even say that. He was like, he's a good guy. Just get him on there. Like, it wasn't even – it was just – you know what I mean? And, like and – and Coach Max said the same thing. He was like, I don't know if you would have had me on if it wasn't for my YouTube channel. And I said, well, yes and no, yes, because now I know – who you are, mm-hmm. but it was social media gave me the opportunity to just to, to, to send him a message and say, let's, let's, yeah. if you want to be on the podcast. Cause I didn't even a- ask X's and O's. I was like, you do that all the time. I just want to have a conversation. And I think he loved it. And he was like, I said, yeah, you're not just the YouTube guy. You're coach McPherson, you're coach Mac. Let's let you know, whatever. Like, so, you know, we have these ways of people to find out about us, but then it's like, what do you do with it? Now, if I brought you on and all we did was high and tight and then I was done, I think that'd be disrespectful. You know, like there's more to you than just that. It's like, we just had this long 47 minute conversation and that's what I love. Like I'm very easygoing and this and that. I want to respect people the way I can until they give me a reason not to. So I try to give respect right off the bat. Well, and maybe that's wrong of me, but that's just the way it is. That's that small town living. Like, you know, everybody, you have to respect yeah. them. Wave. When you drive by people and you wave, Chicago, yeah. you don't do that. You don't wave at people when you drive by. It's like, what do you, they think you're yeah. coming after them. My wife gets mad at me because I wave at police officers. She's like, don't do that. I'm like, <laughs> where I am. No, so. it's not how you are. Oh, now she's hot. Now she's heckling me. So. What you're talking about, Steve, is that, yep, we're solutions-based people and, you know, we're always trying to make the world better. So, so uh, I appreciate you bringing me on and talking. And, and in your circle of influence, all your coaches that you have, um, ironically enough, in today's ben- pandemic area, um, I actually partnered with a company, too, called Blast Fundraising, which helps teams and programs fundraise in a COVID-friendly element because I had so many coaches who loved the product and couldn't afford it because they didn't do their fundraiser because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So if your membership has any issues with, uh, you know, fundraising issues and they've never seen this product created out in California about four years, six years ago, and, and it's moving east. I'm a, I was the second guy east of the Mississippi that got on board because I saw the platform and it, it resonated with me with all the things that we have to overcome, uh, just in team communication, team management, and fundraising and all this other stuff. It's all one stop and it's all free. So... You and I should talk afterwards to get off here to your basketball team. Yeah. So before I kick you off, people are going to ask what high and tight is. So you just said it. We always preach high and tight, high and tight, but then define. But like you're right, defined high and tight. So how did you come up with this football that essentially beeps when it's not high and tight? Like, like, Oh, it's actually the other way around. Other way around? It it beeps when it is high and tight. Okay. Yeah, because that's the yeah, part we. I'm an idiot, so I don't know. No, no, no. And from an offensive line standpoint, so there was a college that didn't have a running backs coach, and the offensive line guy is the one that bought the football for him because he's like, I want to watch my guys. I want to watch their footwork. I want to hear that the guy behind him has the ball tight to their body. I don't want to look at it. I don't want. I don't want to find out too late either. 
So um, it's you can hear us getting better at ball security is kind of what we say. Because all your times, you don't know you're getting better at ball security because you just do the drills you've always done. You spend your five minutes on you know, ball security drills and, and the circuit, and then suddenly in the middle of the game, you find out that you're averaging one and a half fumbles a game, and you're like, well, why in the heck are we turn the ball over? Well, repetition becomes habit, habit becomes character, and character what you see in the game. You know, and so we just we leverage an opportunity to bring in a different sensory, so that way you could tell if you're actually working at it. So in our game, in our practice at Northwood, the balls are beeping at all times. When guys are on the sideline, they got a ball in their hand, creating good muscle memory. Split finger, wrist to the wrist and elbow tight to the body, and the ball measures how much pressure you have on it and how you have it pressured on there. So if a guy has a high and tight ball in his hand and he's not getting a beep, it creates an awareness like, okay, what am I doing wrong? And so now he's teaching himself, okay, I got to change something, right? Whether it's my wrist that's too high or my, I got a finger on the tip instead of splitting it, you know, all these different things. Or I'm on the, I'm on the scenes of, of a ball and so now I need to finish with the off arm to lock it in. Uh, it's just, it's teaching at a whole different level and creating awareness. And our, our head coach loves it because he can sit there and go, now I know we're working on a thing that usually defines the outcome of our game. Like the team that turns the ball over usually gets beat, right? The team that wins the turnover batter has like an 85% chance of winning the game. You know? And so if we can eliminate fumbles and you know, what's that value position, right? If I tell the coaches like, well, we've always done it this way. I'm like, that's great. If you could spend a hundred dollars or $150 and eliminate one fumble that costs you one game, would you do that? Oh, absolutely. I'd spend a thousand dollars. Well, then you just need to recreate the way, like there's a tool out there for now that will actually do that. Uh, our football, our running backs are at 506 carries without a ball on the ground now. And uh, last year, we only lost two fumbles by our wide receivers, both of them reaching for first downs and reaching for touchdowns, you know, so that they have habits. They want to be successful with their team, not faulting them, but that's that's a jeopardy that happens, right? As soon as you stick that ball away from the ball's gone, you know. And uh, so we just got to create better habits for our kids and be able to know it with multi-sensory training. Highandtight.com, all spelled out, no spaces. Yeah, what a simple concept to come up with that. Like, I'm amazed when, like, you came up with that and other people come up with things. I'm like, how simple was that to come up with? Like, nobody thought of that, but it was pretty simple. Pretty good idea. Like, then I go, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Coach Singletary, you're, you're a Bears guy. I'm sure we live in there. Uh, Coach Singletary was all about that when he brought me down there to, to work with his team when he was at the AAF. And he's like, this is something I would think of. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the first person that thought of this, truly. But as a coach, we don't have the time. Like you're talking about choosing your time, right? So as a coach, I didn't I don't have the time during the middle of the season to do something like this. So it actually going to high school and then experiencing it allowed me the time to then allocate resources and allocate um have conversations really is what I did on how do you measure this and how do you do this and over the course of a couple of years and some investment, um, you know, you get to this, this solution. And so now it's just a matter of educating people because once they use it, they're like, Oh, I get this. This is amazing. But they don't realize it's there because they only know what they know. You know? Right. We're only, I call it, I call it generational coaching. You're only coaching what you've been taught. Uh, and so when someone says, well, how do you hold a football? And then a guy puts a finger on a tip. He's like, well, that's what I was coached. 
I'm like, well, there's science behind this. You don't want to have a finger and a tip. You want to have split fingers. So it's equal distribution of pressure because the reason you fumbled the ball is because someone placed more pressure on the ball than you had on it. And so now you need to think differently in terms of how you apply pressure to the football. You know, and I, we use an acronym called TEAM, which is technique, exposure, and awareness of movement because all those grade your, your way to be successful and carry the football each and every time. You know, what was it? Was it your was it your technique that got broke down? Was it the exposure of the ball that you had your hand turned and so the ball was exposed? Or was it the movement? You know, the ball's away from your body and then therefore it's in jeopardy because you can now get someone else to hit the ball and punch it out, you know. But no one's ever, you know, we all agree that ball security is important, but we never actually quantified it and had a way to measure it and, and, and create habits that are successful until now. And that's kind of where I, you said this is the all this is the way we've always done it. This is how we're going to do it. And I sort of was like that when I first got into coaching, but I was 18, 19, 20 years old. So you just know what you know. Mm-hmm. And then you go coach at a plate. When I was coaching at the next school I was at, I was the only one on staff not born and raised there. So out of 10 coaches, I was the only one. So what do you hear all the time? Well, this is how we did it in 1985 or 1998 mm-hmm. or 2012 or whatever it was. And I was the guy that was like, well, I'm going to branch out. So I go talk to other coaches. I go do this and go do that. And then I quickly realized there's more to football than this bubble you guys have put yourselves in. Mm. And so it's like, go learn. It's not always, if you stop learning, then you should stop coaching. In sure. my opinion. So you just told me something like I, when I think of a high tight football, I just think get your arm around and your hand on it. But you just said like, if you have two fingers here or this here, there's a way to hold it. There's a way to do this. I didn't think of that. I just think I'm an old lineman. So I don't think about it. But when I help coach other positions as an OC, I'm thinking you got to keep it here. You got to hold on to it. Like you got bread and you're taking it to grandma, like, or something like mm-hmm. ways to adapt there's, and, and this and that. And coaches don't do that because we're creatures of habit. It's like, this is the way we do it. And we're not going to change. Yeah. I've been successful, so therefore, you know, I'm going to continue to do what I do. And mm-hmm. But I think the best ones are the ones like, you know, if you look at Coach Saban, we talked about him a little bit, like what he's coaching X and O's wise from 40 years ago until now is totally different, right? The schemes he teaches, everything, totally different. Now he might apply it to this process, but he's adapted, you know. I, I always think of that with my, uh, one of the most amazing examples of that is my son's, uh, surgeon out of U of M, youth, he's a pediatric orthopedic surgeon. And, you know, and I, this new technique that they did for his ACL, I told my neighbor who was a PT and he's like, they used a quadricep graph. And I'm like, yeah, he goes, that's, that's cutting edge. This guy must be like 40 some years old. I'm picturing this jet setting guy. And I go, well, no, he's actually like 75. And so when he start, first started doing knee surgeries, they were doing casts, they were using cadet, you know, they were, I mean, it's unbelievable how different they, until now, now it's scope and now it's, you know, he was walking on it within days, you know, for that guy to change from his twenties to his seventies, uh, that's amazing to me. You know, if we continue to change and improve like that, you know, then we'll be the best version of us when we leave here. And ultimately that's what we want to do. Right. And like I said, that's why I did football overdose. I was finding everything I could. And then I overdosed a little bit and I was like, my brain hurts. I'm going to stop. <laughs> and, but then now that everything's kind of come back down to earth, I'm like, Oh, look all I learned. There's more ways to do this. And you're adding right. to your toolbox or it's in your back pocket of like, 
and then one last thing I'll say, like run game coordinator, the coach is like, we're going to do ISO. You got to install ISO. I've never really coached ISO. I've done inside zone and all that stuff, but I've researched ISO throughout the years and I have it written down. I've talked to coaches. So it's in my back pocket to where I've adapted to where I can go do this now. Cause it's in my back pocket. I've researched, I've talked to people. I figured out how to do it. That may be a bad example, but in my mind, I'm like, that's the recent thing that I've done where I'm like, I've changed, I've adapted. It wasn't like, oh, coach this. I'm like, well, that's not how you're supposed to do it, or that's not how I've done it, or, you know, there's ways to figure it out. Yeah, that that box and that bubble is scary. Yeah. Yeah. That mindset, that mindset will keep us going back into when, you know, we didn't have racial equality, you know, and all these different things. So, yep. Well, Coach Steve, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate your time. Guys, go to high and tie and get that football. I was looking at it when Coach Stone told me to get you on. He told me to get you on weeks ago, but I've been all over the place. And then he calls me. Have you got him on yet? I'm like, God dang it, I need to call him or whatever. And uh so go look at it. I've been looking at it. It looks really cool. It looks I'll talk to my head coach about it and be like, We need to get this. I'll go talk to the right coach. I'll be like, You need to get this or it's really cool. So anybody listening, go check it out. Coach, I appreciate your time this morning away from your family, but I appreciate it. Thank you. You as well. Yep. I'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.